even though there are more than 3 million African Americans in the U.S. Catholic Church, the institution is perceived as overwhelmingly and predominantly white. In fact, black Catholics are often treated with surprise or worse, suspicion. In the words of Father Cyprian Davis, like many others, blacks had to fight for their faith, but their fight was often with members of their own Catholic household. Hi, I'm Milton Allen Turner, and in this week's episode, I'll be discussing the challenges of being black and Catholic, from the joys of the elevation of the first African-American cardinal to the tensions of the proper role of social justice in the church. Welcome to this week's episode of Worldview. In his article, Celebrating the Impending Elevation of the First African American to Cardinal in the Catholic Church last year, Father Brian Massingale wrote, The sad reality is that the leadership of most Catholic diocesan offices, seminaries, religious formation programs, schools and universities, and media organizations are not only predominantly, but overwhelmingly white. Every black Catholic priest, sister, brother, deacon, and lay pastoral leader can relate experiences of how our presence in the church was met with wariness, hostility, or incredulity. Our leadership abilities were doubted or dismissed. Our vocations were denied or challenged. And our Catholicism was deemed suspect. Father Massengill adds, Moreover, most black Catholics resonate all too well with the conclusion reached by our pioneering historian, the late Benedictine monk Cyprian Davis, who at the end of his groundbreaking book, The History of Black Catholics in the United States, observed, quote, The story of African-American Catholicism is the story of a people who obstinately clung to a faith that gave them substance, even when it did not always welcome them. Like many others, blacks had to fight for their faith. But their fight was often with members of their own Catholic household, unquote. This suspicion of black Catholics has unfortunately increased in recent months due to many Catholics' misunderstanding of critical race theory. And please listen to episode three of my podcast, Punch, Period, and Kick, for an in-depth discussion of this misunderstanding of critical race theory. Dr. Patrick Saint-Jean, a Jesuit regent at Creighton University, recently wrote in U.S. Catholic Magazine about an exchange he had with a friend and theology professor about critical race theory. He said, My friend felt strongly that CRT has no place in the Catholic Church. I disagreed. She went on to say that Catholics who support this theory should be officially sanctioned. I respect my longtime friend's opinion. She is a theology professor at a prestigious Catholic university, but I could not agree. I insisted that CRT intersects easily with Catholic social teaching. In fact, CRT shines light on our journey as followers of Christ. At this, 
My friend pushed back her chair and left the table without even a goodbye. I stared after her in disbelief. Dr. Saint-Jean continued, Instead of seeing CRT as a threat to the Catholic faith, we should recognize it as a powerful lens for examining who we are, both as Christians and as Americans. It sheds light on our divided nation, allowing us to see the historical factors that have shaped who we are today. It helps identify what is admirable and dishonorable in our nation. It gives a map to follow as we seek to build a better nation for ourselves and for our children. It allows us to contemplate our world and pledge to become co-workers in God's mission of justice on earth. Dr. Saint-Jean further pointed out that Catholic social teaching, quote, requires Catholics to be critical consumers of knowledge we must engage with complex and even controversial issues using both our faith and intellect. CRT calls people of goodwill to do just that. It challenges Catholics to engage with Christ in new ways as we spread the gospel with integrity and authority. It insists that we interact with Catholic social teaching with our minds as well as our hearts, it brings facts and scholarly evidence to the table. In doing so, it strikes back at a culture of easy lies and biased half-truths. Dr. Saint-Jean concluded, If we can tolerate uncomfortable conversations like the one I had with my friend over breakfast, we will create a space where CRT can enter into deep spiritual discussions with Catholic social teaching. Fear should not hold us back from engaging in these dialogues. If critical race theory delivers truths that are hard to hear and bitter to swallow, we must still listen to God's voice. Catholics have a spiritual and moral obligation to engage with these truths prayerfully seeking accurate knowledge about who we are and how we got where we are today in the United States. But unfortunately, many in this country, especially whites, are uncomfortable talking about race. This creates a paradox because instead of creating an inclusive environment where people feel safe dealing with difficult issues, this caving in to the discomfort actually creates a less accepting atmosphere and makes it even more difficult to broach these difficult issues. The emphasis on social teaching and social justice should be a large part of what makes us Catholics. Vincent Rougeau, president of the College of the Holy Cross, discussed the necessity of dealing with race and the importance of Catholic social teaching in an interview with Gloria Purvis of America Magazine in July 2021. President Rougeau said, we have to talk about race in this country because race is real in this country. And it's not something that's been used in a good way. 
And I'd like to see it broken down and unpacked and discharged. But in the meantime, we need to work with it. That's the framework we've inherited. He continued, One thing about Catholic social teaching that stands out for me is that it always situates the individual in community. So our understanding of individual human flourishing in the Catholic tradition does not rely exclusively on what I want for me. My ability to achieve my own personal ends demands my engagement with those around me. In doing so, it makes us notice that there are many people around us who are suffering, hurting, impoverished, or marginalized. And we need to engage with that. President Rougeau went on to say, we need to understand that because it has something to teach us about ourselves. It has something to teach us about our relationship with God. It also has something to teach us about the concept of justice. How do we create a just community in pursuit of the goal of ultimately being united with God? We can't do that if we're only fixated on our own needs or we view society as a place where if somebody just stays out of everyone else's way, the society will function just fine. Rougeau concluded, Catholic social teaching is a means by which we recognize ourselves as interrelated to one another and how that is essential to our understanding of ourselves as Christians. And to me, if we focus on that, we can make a lot of progress on issues like racism because it forces us to see what is happening to people who are being marginalized or discriminated against because of the color of their skin. This emphasis on social justice is what has attracted many blacks to the Catholic Church. But sadly, it's the unwillingness or inability of white Catholics to fully embrace and act upon this aspect of our faith that is forcing many blacks to leave the church. In a June 2021 article in U.S. Catholic Magazine about the black exodus entitled, Black Catholics are Leaving the Church, Why? Father Brian Massingale explained the many tensions black Catholics are forced to confront. Father Massingale wrote, More than three-fourths of black Catholics say that a commitment to racial justice is an essential or important dimension of their faith versus only 13% of Catholics overall. Three quarters of black Catholics want and expect to hear sermons that are relevant to the distinctive struggles of black people in America. Yet less than a third of those who worship in predominantly white parishes heard sermons addressing last year's massive protests over the nation's callous indifference to black lives. Father Massengale continued, in other words, the black exodus from the Catholic Church is due to the fundamental disconnect between what the vast majority of black Catholics and other black Americans see as essential for understanding faith 
and the concerns being addressed in most white congregations. It's not the whiteness of the Catholic Church that's an issue. It's the unwillingness of the white Catholic community to engage realities that are existentially important for African-American believers and black Catholics. A direct result of this disconnect is the large number of blacks who leave the church. Father Massengale explained, one of the most distressing revelations, however, concerns the number of African-Americans who are former members of the church. Only 54% of black adults who were raised Catholic continue to identify as Catholic. This compares to 81% of black adults who were raised Protestant and who are currently Protestant and 61% of white Americans who remain Catholics into adulthood. Father Massengale concluded, this raises disturbing questions about U.S. Catholicism. What kind of church are we if racial justice is considered irrelevant or non-essential to being a disciple of Christ? And how can the Catholic Church be what it says it is, quote, Catholic and universal, if almost half of its black members abandoned the church despite their high measures of religious commitment. Matthew Kressler notes in his 2017 book, Authentically Black and Truly Catholic, today, most people are surprised to discover that there are 3 million African-American Catholics or that there are more black Catholics than members of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. The sheer presence of black Catholics unsettles some of the most deeply held assumptions about religion in the United States, that Catholics are white and that black people are Protestants. In an interview that same year with Emma Green in the Atlantic magazine, Kressler stated, we assume Catholicism is European in its essence and that black people are Protestants. But the majority of black Christians in the Western Hemisphere are actually Catholic. And the majority of Catholics in the Western Hemisphere and the Americas are not white. Father Cyprian Davis, in a 1993 interview with the U.S. Catholic magazine, reminded us that, quote, the Catholic Church was not European originally, but Mediterranean. He added, remember, Ethiopia was a Christian nation earlier than many nations in Europe. It was a Christian kingdom before Ireland was evangelized, before more of North Germany was evangelized, and before Poland was a Catholic country. Father Davis added that the seminaries and universities were following the custom of the land. You didn't accept black students. Washington, D.C. was a segregated city. The irony is that at the end of the 19th century, when Catholic University opened, it had black students. In 1910 or so, that stopped. Georgetown University, also in Washington, D.C., never accepted black students, 
even though its first official president, Father Patrick Francis Healy, S.J., was a black man. Father Davis concluded, the church in this country reflects the problems of the country, which has yet to solve the question of race. That has been America's tragic flaw. We've never really come to grips with race. Matthew Kressler added in his 2017 Atlantic interview, over the course of the 1960s, with the rise of the Black Power Movement, a small but growing group of Black Catholic activists start to look critically at this history and say, well, actually, you've been telling us that the Catholic Church is universal, but what you've been doing is training us to be Irish Catholics and German Catholics. Kressler discussed this in more detail in a 2018 article for Smithsonian Magazine entitled, The History of Black Catholics in America. He argued, as black migrants moved into Catholic metropolises, such as Chicago and Detroit, some white Catholics openly resisted with what they took to be an invasion of, quote unquote, their turf. Kressler continued, this movement made intense intellectual contributions as a generation of black Catholic activist scholars challenged the unspoken but ever-present assumption that white ways of being Catholic were the right ways of being Catholic. Brother Joseph M. Davis, a Marianist brother from Dayton, Ohio, who served as the first executive director of the National Office for Black Catholics, argued that the church had a, quote, missionary mentality, unquote, when it came to black Catholics, meaning that white Catholics historically treated their black co-religionists as a foreign people in need of special care rather than as full-fledged members of the church. Sister Jamie Phelps, an Adrian Dominican sister and theologian present at the first National Black Sisters Conference, reflected on the ways European Catholic practices were assumed to stand in for, quote, real, unquote, Catholicism in ways that black culture never could. Kressler explained, Father Clarence Rivers, a famed liturgist, expanded on this point, arguing that black culture was clearly, quote, considered inferior, second class, and at best, inadmissible and tasteful worship, unquote. And while the church was not supposed to be black or white, Greek or Jew, slave or free, as a matter of fact, the Roman Catholic Church in the United States has been and is radically white. Kressler summarized the situation by writing, the narrative of Catholics becoming mainstream Americans fails to recognize how the children and grandchildren of European Catholic immigrants only became American to the extent that they, quote, paid the price of the ticket, unquote, in the famous phrase of James Baldwin, by becoming white, all of which makes the story of black Catholics even more important. It forces us to rethink 
what it really is meant to be both Catholic and American. As Father Massengale pointed out last fall, this is why the elevation of Wilton Gregory as the first African-American cardinal was so important to black Catholics and was met with so much joy. Father Massengale wrote, Cardinal-designate Gregory demonstrates that black Catholic faith, leadership, and talent are important resources not only for the black Catholic community, they are gifts for the entire church. We rejoice in this acknowledgement of his generous contributions to the church over many decades of dedicated ministry. Father Massengale noted, Archbishop Gregory's elevation is both a reality check and a wake-up call to the church in the United States. It is a reality check in that it calls upon Catholics to understand that we not only have racial and ethnic diversity in the church, we are a diverse church. It is way past time for the leadership of Catholic institutions to reflect that reality. It's a wake-up call because the church is browning. As generations of the church get younger, its complexion becomes browner. So much so that of Catholics born after 1982, only a minority are non-Hispanic whites. In our July 2021 article, This Makes Me Feel Uncomfortable and Other Distressing Emotions Associated with Learning About Race and Racial Identity, Dr. Deborah L. Plummer wrote, Yes, if you are white, there is discomfort realizing that you share the same racial ancestry that historically created structures and systems of racial disparities that persist to the current day. Despite your good intentions, you might even be complicit in perpetuating racial disparities. And yes, if you're BIPOC, there's great discomfort as we struggle with the residual impact of America's racist history, experience racial disparities, and battle this toxicity in our everyday lives. And yes, some of us may even be complicit in perpetuating racist practices and behaviors. Yet, for all of us, learning through the discomfort is the only pathway toward that more perfect union. No discomfort, no progress. The writer Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie offers, I believe, the best insight and advice about how to navigate these difficult and uncomfortable encounters and discussions. In a July 2021 article for Vanguard Nigeria called Dreaming as a Single Family, a reflection on the Pope's encyclical Fratelli Tutti, she writes, What if the provincial church in my ancestral hometown were reimagined as a place of, quote, genuine encounter, unquote, a place of real dialogue, which Pope Francis distinguishes from the shallower and more feverish, quote, parallel monologues, unquote. Adichie continued, a place that might be described with these words, which Pope Francis uses in reference to people who care in concrete ways about each other, quote, 
how marvelously human, unquote. In the practice of the spiritual, the human is essential. Something deeply human in us awakens and thrives in the face of love and kindness. And that humanness is the route to the spiritual. What if we treated each other as if we truly were all brothers and sisters, fratelli tutti, as the encyclical reminds us? Because the past practice of, quote, paying the price of the ticket, of passing into the majority at the expense of excluding others and adopting the prejudices of the majority, well, that price is too high. As James Baldwin wrote in his essay, The Price of the Ticket, quote, the price that white America paid for his ticket was to become white, and in the main, nothing more than that, or, as he was to insist, nothing less. This incredibly limited, not to say dim-witted ambition, has choked many a human being to death here. And this, I contend, is because the white American has never accepted the real reasons for his journey. I know very well that my ancestors had no desire to come to this place, but neither did the ancestors of the people who became white and who require of my captivity a song. They require of me a song less to celebrate my captivity than to justify their own, unquote. Paying the price of that ticket has already cost us all, majority and minority, Protestant and Catholic, white and black, far too much. It has cost us not just our dignity, but our precious, marvelous humanity. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and that you found something in it to spark a deeper conversation, leading to greater understanding. I'm Milton Allen Turner, and I invite you to join me again next week for more Worldviews.